Um, but so let's go and just get things started and, uh, you know, we'll pause, like I said, whenever, if people have questions, but, um, I want to introduce everybody to a very special friend of mine. Uh, if you haven't heard of him already, uh, and that's probably if you live under a rock, uh, Will Matheson of the Pittsburgh Pirates organization, uh, was actually my freshman year roommate at, or not roommate, neighbor, um, felt like we were roommates because we we're playing ping pong so much, but, um, yeah, freshman year, uh, neighbor. Uh, so I've known Will since 2016. Um, he's, as I said, is a member of the Pittsburgh Pirates organization, uh, his senior season at Stanford, uh, and 216 at bats. He had uh, 52 RBI, 12 home runs and a 310 batting average, and then was drafted in the sixth round, uh, 184th overall. And that's six out of 20 rounds for, uh, those NBA or NFL fans, um, who aren't familiar with how many rounds there are. Um, and obviously there was a COVID shortened season in 2020. And so this past year, he spent the majority of his time with the Pirates uh, high A uh, affiliate, the Greensboro Grasshoppers, 277 at bats, 68 hits, 65 RBI, uh, 13 home runs, uh, 245 average, 319 OBP. And a couple nice walk-offs in there that um, I'm sure we'll get into. But uh, well, with that, I just want to welcome you. Thank you for for uh, calling in, for co-hosting the first professional athlete of sports with a Z. It's uh, my honor, um, and we're just so happy uh, you're here to talk to us today. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, I'm glad I can join you. Um, I haven't, haven't talked to you in a while, so it'll be good to catch up with you, too, and, uh, and I'm glad to be here. Perfect, perfect. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I, I did a little statistical background there, but I always like to open the floor uh, to my guests and just, I mean, if you want to give a little bit more background about yourself, where you're from, uh, I think particularly I'd love to know what got you into baseball at an early age besides your, your talent. Um, would love just, you know, get a, beyond the statistics a little bit more about you and uh, how you ended up in the Pittsburgh Pirates org. No, absolutely. Um, so I'm from, from Portland, Oregon. Uh, grew up there my whole life. Um, Ended up committing to Stanford to play baseball my sophomore year of high school um, and, and kind of never looked back from there. Um, but in terms of, of, you know, how I got into baseball, it was uh, a lot of it had to do with my dad just because he's a big baseball fan. He played college baseball um, and he introduced the game to me, you know, as, as early as, you know, four years old, you know, as, as early as I can remember. Um, and then from there, just played a bunch of sports growing up. But always had this, this certain attraction to the game of baseball and had the most fun doing it um, and, and kind of realized that that's, that's the, the route I wanted to pursue, you know, post high school and into college and, and hopefully into professional. So. Well, you, I mean, you've, you've done all of it. You're, you've made it to the uh, professional uh, level. So clearly you're on the right track there. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about your brief basketball career as well. It sounds like you were quite the, high school basketball player and we all know you wreck havoc on the im leagues at stanford uh when you're in your off season um sounds like basketball is other uh, another interest of yours as well yeah basketball and baseball were kind of my my two sports that i focused on um you know into high school and during high school um and i think it was around my freshman year of high school is when i stopped doing both you know like like seriously uh and, and focused my 
whatever that is, fall season towards working on baseball. Um, and then basketball just became more of a, a fun thing to do, you know, with, with my buddies um, and, and didn't necessarily put as much extra time in and did it rather for enjoyment. Um, but I was fortunate, fortunate enough to have a, a, a pretty good high school basketball team. Um, and one of, one of my good buddies on the team is now a point guard uh, for the Boston Celtics, and, and his name's Peyton Pritchard. Um, so I, I can't there really take go. a whole yeah. bunch of credit for this success. A lot <laughs> of it goes to him, and I was just kind of there to to rebound, you know, and get a few points here and there. But, uh, no, it, I, I did love basketball growing up and, and, and still do love to follow it and play it when I can. No, I actually, and you may find this funny, in preparation for this, I watched highlights from your, I think it was, the 2015 or 2016 state championship, uh, West Lynn, I forget who you were playing, but Peyton, I, I didn't know at the time that Peyton Pritchard was your teammate. I know, I'm sure Cam Nostrad knows this because y'all have talked, but I had no idea. I was like, who's that little guard just getting all those points? And because I obviously knew who you were, but um, yeah, that's, uh, but I, I'm curious, did uh, Peyton play baseball and maybe uh, you, you carried the load on that end or was it just uh, you helping him with basketball? No, he, he's a really good athlete, um, but he stopped playing baseball at, at an age before uh, high school. Um, but, I mean, like I said, he's a really good athlete, good at a bunch of sports, but it was just a special, special talent in basketball. And, you know, obviously that's paid off for him now. And, and you know, he's doing his thing in the NBA. So it's pretty crazy to have a kid like that, you know, that I grew up with, uh, playing with, um, and his friends with, who's now, you know, an NBA notable player. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, thanks for that little bit of background. Well, I'm sure, I mean, people also have to hear beyond the stats. Um, with that, I want to, you know, talk a little bit about your college experience at Stanford, and then we'll jump into the actual transition itself. But um, if you could, I, I think the thing people are always most interested in is how college athletes, especially high level, you know, D1 programs, how they're able to juggle, um, you know, their academics with their high performance in sports. And if you could really talk about how, whether it was difficult, easy, what it was like trying to balance that. And you were obviously an MS&E major, um, which is quite a challenging major as well. And how you were able to stay focused on your sports so much so to where you ended up getting drafted in the top six rounds um, while also still maintaining uh, a performance in the classroom. Right. So it was definitely an adjustment period going from high school to college, um, because within the first week that, you know, I stepped foot on campus uh, four times a week, we had to be in the weight room at 6 a.m. Um, and that's just that's just what it was for everyone on the baseball team. Um, so you're waking up at 530 to get to the weight room. Then after weights, you got to get breakfast, uh, then get to class. Then after your classes, you got homework. Um and then in between, you know, homework and dinner, you have practice mixed in there and then more homework and then bed and then right back to it the next day. Um, so it was definitely an adjustment period in terms of, of how much, you know, I, I had to do throughout the course of the day. Um, but as soon as, you know, you got into a routine, it just be kind of came, you know, part of, part of your week, part of your, you know, season, part of your, you know, lifestyle um, at Stanford. Uh, and I, I knew going to Stanford that it wasn't going to be, you know, easy academically. It's one of the main reasons why I chose it, uh, because it's so challenging and, and so high class. 
but yeah, man, it, it was definitely an adjustment period and, and took a little bit to get used to. Um, but, you know, like I said, you get used to it um, and you just kind of, you know, immerse yourself in the grind. No, for sure. Um, appreciate that insight. Uh, one last question about the Stanford experience was, you know, aside from obviously there's the whole athletic commitment from purely the student perspective. Can you shed a little light on if there was anything in particular you think that applied to you that didn't apply to other students outside of the fact that you were an athlete? Like, Was there anything, any additional academic constraints because you were an athlete that you know maybe the average college student when they think about oh an athlete probably has to count for this and that that they people maybe aren't aware of that you also have to balance um a little bit i mean stanford does a really good job with their athletes um in terms of accommodating um by that i mean like if we had to travel um for an away series and miss two days of class you know our professors were usually really cool about it and would get us the material early if we needed it um, or make exceptions if we weren't going to be able to be there for an important uh, lecture. Um, and I think that's one of the great things about Stanford is they do do a really good job of that. Um, but in terms of, of like extra help, you know, that you think that sometimes athletes may get with tutoring um, or study hall, we really didn't get a whole lot um, at Stanford. And I know it may be different at other schools, but, I honestly felt like I was in the same boat as a lot of the other students in that, you know, I had to do the same work. Um, I had to show up to the same classes. You know, I had to do the homeworks on my own, like without really any extra tutoring help. Um, that was, you know, exclusive to me, right? If, if everyone could go to office hours or whatever it may be, um, everyone had that opportunity. Um, but I also had to, to go to practice for 20, hour, 20 plus hours a week and make it to class and get my homework assignments in. Um, so, I mean, like I said, man, it was, it was a grind at times, but you know, I, I wouldn't trade that experience for the world. And I'm, I'm really thankful that, that I had that experience. You're, you're giving me flashbacks to econ one and us, uh, you know, doing those online. I, we took econ one together, right? It's, yeah, yeah, we did. Right. Uh, and us like doing those online quizzes and, I remember you'd be coming back from practice and be like, Zach, how's the quiz? And then I was just, I remember just feeling bad for you because you were busting your ass in practice and then you have to come back and do the same crap that I was having to put up with. But then in my free time, I was playing video games and you were, uh, you were hitting dingers. But uh, that's, you know, that is, uh, I'm sure not a lot of people probably know that about Stanford athletes. And so I uh, appreciate you sharing that. Uh, but with that in mind, I think that's a good way to, you know, frame this conversation about transitioning from, you know, college to the pros. And I, I want to start with draft day, obviously. That's, you know, for those who are lucky enough to get drafted um, and talented enough, uh, that's typically where the story starts. Um, what was draft day like for you? I know you had obviously been talking to some teams. Did you have a pulse or a sense of that you would go around the sixth round, maybe a little earlier, maybe a little later? What was that whole experience like for you? I know, it's a little over a couple of years now, but could you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So um, the way the MLB draft works um, is that a bunch of the teams that are potentially interested in you meet with you a few months before the draft, just to sit down, talk to you, get to know you, um, ask you some questions. 
um, and kind of get to know you as as more of a human being rather than just what they see on the baseball field. And I'm sure that 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 is the case with other professional drafts as well. Um, but I did meet with the Pirates, um, and I knew that the Pirates were somewhat interested in me. Um, but there there are a few other teams that are interested in me as well. And and in terms of draft day, it's 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 pretty hectic um, because the MLB draft is three different days. So the first day was just the first two rounds. And I, and I, I knew I wasn't really going to go in the first two rounds because I wasn't considered a, a top prospect in that sense. Um, but still, the, the first day goes by and, and, you know, my name hasn't been called. And I'm, the next day is rounds three through ten. Um, and I'm, you know, really hoping that, my name gets called that day, but then the, the third round goes by, the fourth round goes by, the fifth round goes by, and my name's still not called. And uh, it is pretty stressful, but you know you, you can't really do anything about it, so you just kind of wait around by your phone. And and the way it worked for me is I was actually playing, uh, just playing catch with with one of the other pitchers on the team because um, our season was still going, so we had to make sure our arms were ready for the, the upcoming week and. Um, I had my phone in my pocket and, you know, I ended up getting a call from my agent and, and he just said, Hey, Will, the, the pirates just called, they want to take you with their six round pick. He goes, what do you think? I'm like, what do you mean? What do I think? Like, let's do it. <laughs> so he's like, yeah. All right. wait, wait, so wait, so what's, so I just to pause there. Like what I know, like, why would he ask? What do you think? Would you be able to say, you know, no, I don't want to talk or, or I don't want to go to the pirates. Like what? What were your options there if the Pirates say they want to take you? Yeah, so another thing with the MLB draft is the the money is negotiable um, before the pick. So each pick in the draft has like an allotted, what they call slot bonus. Um, and sometimes a team wants to draft below their slot bonus or above their slot bonus, and they only have a certain amount of money. So um, say if they called and, and offered you know, less money than I was willing to take, then I could could counter back and say no. Um, and they would ask someone else, you know, before their pick. So um, what I mean by my agent saying, like, what do you think? Uh, he was like, what do you think, you know, with, with money-wise and position-wise? and Because I was a junior at the time, too. So I had the, op- op- the option to go back to school for my yeah. senior year um, if it came to that. But... You know, when he said, what do you think? I was like, that's a no brainer. Like, let's do it. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's great. Now, because uh, you were a pitcher uh, in college. Um, uh, and and is, that, is that what they drafted you for, to, to be a pitcher? Or, uh, it so- sounds like you do a lot of you know, stuff other than pitching as, as well. No, so in college, I did both. I was a pitcher and uh, swung the bat as a hitter. Um, but the Pirates just wanted to draft me as a position player um, and as a hitter. Um, Got it. Which I kind of knew that the option of continuing to do both at the professional level probably wasn't very high. Uh, just because in my mind, and I think a lot of you know scouts' minds, I was a um, more projectable hitter than I was pitcher. Um, so when they called and wanted to draft, they wanted just to draft me for, for my bat, I guess you could say. Now, now, Will, is that common for 
I mean, obviously there's Shohei Otani, but um, is that common for, so one for players in college to be both frequent hitters and pitchers. And then if they are to be, you know, tabbed that for the pros or, so let's start with the first part. Is that common for in college players to be regular pitchers and batters? Um, I think it's a lot more common in college than it is professionally. Um, But it really doesn't happen a whole lot in college. Uh, I think I was the only one on my team who did both. Uh, But we did run into some other teams where guys would, you know, be in the lineup and then come into pitch later that game. Um, So I'm not, I wouldn't say it was super common, but definitely more common in college than, than it is in the pros. Got it. And and so, as you said, it was kind of determined, not determined, but figured that when you're drafted, you would be drafted for more of the positional value. Right, right. I just think um, scouts and organizations saw me more long-term as a hitter than they did as a pitcher. For sure. Um, well, okay, so it's 2019, uh, wrapping up your season. Um, you get drafted by the, uh, by the Pirates. You kind of have this transition. Um, did you jump right into, like, obviously, season ended probably around what may or may or june for you at college and then was it right to the minors after that or like what was that immediate once you've been drafted what was that timeline from the day you're drafted until you know your first day with your uh, minor league team right so i was drafted um in june and then my call like at stanford our college team had a super regional the following weekend it's like we were still in the the postseason um and we ended up losing uh, at Mississippi State in the Super Regionals. Um, and so at that point, our season was over. And so I think I ended up going home for like two days, like packing up all my stuff at school, going home for two days, and then packing it all back up and, and flying out to Pittsburgh um, to sign a contract. And and then straight from Pittsburgh went to Morgantown, West Virginia, um, which is a place that I had never been. Um for my first, I guess, pro season. Uh, they called it short season because it was like a half season. But yeah, it was it was season ends. Two days later, fly to Pittsburgh to sign. And then the next day, flying out to begin my, my professional baseball career. Got it. And, and, and you spent, yeah, uh, okay, that makes more sense. I, I was curious. Um, I didn't even know if there was baseball played minor league baseball played in 2020 it wasn't played you didn't play at all in 2020 correct no i missed yeah i missed out on a, on a whole season unfortunately but you know a lot of people missed out on stuff and it just so happened that what i missed out on was a was a, a professional season but um yeah that everyone was in that same boat got it okay yeah so so obviously you know west virginia you were there for about you know 40 40 plus games um and then you go into the off season and then COVID hits. And like, what was that? What was that like for you? I mean, obviously you were in Greensboro this past season. Were you gearing up for 2020 to go play for Greensboro? Were you prepared to stay in West Virginia? What, you know, what was the plan if COVID wasn't going to have happened? Yeah. So I had my first, I guess, off season uh, to kind of prepare for my first full professional season. Um, so I actually ended up going to spring training uh, at the end of February um, for about three weeks and was feeling good. Um, was ready to, you know, start, start a full season of baseball. 
And then three weeks into spring training is kind of when, you know, the whole COVID thing became really prominent in the United States. And they actually shut everything down uh, baseball wise and sent everyone home, you know, without a timetable of, of return, just because nobody knew really what was going to happen or what was going on. Um, so I had three weeks of spring, my first spring training and then was sent home and ended up spending a lot more time at home than I was expecting. Uh, and, and missing out on a whole on a whole 2020 season. Dang, dang. Uh, well, with that, I want to pause real quick. And we only have a few live listeners to see if anybody wants to call in and ask a question. Otherwise, we'll keep going. But I'll, I'll pause for a second uh, and see. All right, uh, we can just keep it going here. Then. Um, oh wait, we got Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Hey, guys. Hey, well, I found I thought it was really interesting how the MLB draft, the the offers are negotiable. Is there any other sport that does that? That you know of? Um, I think I think it's negotiable in the NBA. Um, but that's kind of like after you're picked, uh, because I think, you know, they make their pick and then afterwards they negotiate contracts. Um and it, and it's weird because the MLB is like one of the few sports where once you get drafted, you don't go straight to the league, right? You go to the minor leagues for however many years and, and try to work your way up. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of times, like sometimes you'll even see um, guys get drafted by an MLB team and then they won't end up signing because they couldn't agree on on a signing bonus number. Um, and then those guys will either end up going back to college for another year um, or just going overseas to play for a year. But it, it is a little bit different, um, you know, with the MLB draft than, than the other drafts for that reason. Yeah, that was going to be my, my next question was how common that is for people to kind of jump the gun on that and before they actually sign. But that's really interesting. Thanks. Thanks, Sorry. All right, we'll talk to Chase here now. Hey, Chase. Hey, guys. Uh, <laughs> nice to be on the show, Will. Um, awesome listening to some stories. Um, I just wanted to know if you had a prediction for who's going to win the World Series this year. Just a fun little one. Um, I don't know if you're riding the Dodgers. I'm an L.A. guy, so <laughs> let me know. No, absolutely. Um, so my dad grew up in L.A., huge LA sports fan. Uh, so he kind of passed that along to me at a young age. Uh, so you'd probably be happy to hear that. I, that I would, I would like to see the Dodgers win, uh, but it, it is kind of weird, you know, being a part of a different organization and rooting for another one. But, you know, it, in terms of, you know, the teams left, uh, I think it would be pretty cool to see the Dodgers win it again this year. Yeah. Will, are you even allowed to make that public that you want any team other than the Pittsburgh Pirates to win the World Series, you know, regardless of uh, their ability to? I, I guess this are you, are you breaking any rules here by uh, voicing your fandom? No, I, I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, if the Pirates were in it, I'd be all in for the Pirates. Um, yeah. But because they're not, I think I have freedom <laughs> to go whichever way I want. There we go. Uh, Chase, you got anything else for us? Nope. No, I'm uh, just uh, happy listening in. I think you guys, like, I could tell the stories from back in the Stanford days are pretty good. So I'll just let those keep rolling. 
Yeah, you know, I was, you know, we obviously want to stick to script here, talk about baseball, but it is, it is pretty crazy. Um, I, I think so. One, so Will and I have known each other for, I guess, it's, we're in twenty twenty one now, so like over five years, and it is funny, you know, whenever I'll. I was following the grasshoppers and uh, I mean, the day Will was drafted, it's just so crazy. This is the same guy who would just beat the crap out of us in ping pong, like J- Chase, Charlie, Ian, anybody else is any later. I was hoping Will would talk about this earlier. I was going to let, he's too humble of a guy. Will Matheson is the best ping pong player I have ever seen. And it is just, uh, it is brutal playing against him. Well, I don't, I don't think I ever beat you, but, I did I I, I don't I, I I think I would remember that if I did but um how how did you what yeah well, let's 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 go off script sure here got, for a sec can you just tell us how you got so good at freaking ping pong like you were state champion in basketball you're you're drafted by the freaking P- Pittsburgh Pirates you're hitting walk-offs in in high a ball but you're this low-key amazing ping pong player can you just tell us a little bit about that how that ended up happening no, I mean, I just grew up with the with the ping pong table in my garage. I had a um, ping pong table in my garage, and I don't do that. So, so I don't know, just playing with buddies when they would come over, or playing against my dad, or, or whoever it may be. Um, I don't know. And maybe it's a little bit of the competitive side too. Uh, I hate to lose, so you know. I think you got me once or twice, though. I mean, def- there was definitely some guys in the dorm that got me a few times. <laughs> Well, I think I got you once, and then you said rematch, and then you beat me twenty-one to seven. <laughs> so um, I think that that was uh, that was pretty short-lived. Um, Chase, thank you for uh, take allowing me to go down memory lane here. It's uh, uh, I haven't played nearly as much ping pong since I, I probably in the time since I've left that freshman dorm. Will and I were in J row. I it, the amount of ping pong I would play in one week there, I probably played total since since I left. Uh, well, I'm sure you probably made more time to keep up your ping pong, but um, I mean, what about you? Do you still uh, get the occasional game in every now and then? Um, not as much. I mean, we did have a ping pong table actually in our locker room this year. Uh, so every every now and every now and again, we would you know hop on the table and, and rally a little bit or play or, or whatever it may be. But um, no, definitely don't play as much as I once did. <laughs> Oh, well, maybe if I practice, I can uh, beat you next time. Uh, next time I come to Pittsburgh for a game, but um, let's uh, let's circle back to you know baseball a little bit here. Uh, we started off the show, you know, talking about how I mean, you got used to it, but it definitely we could say it was a challenge to juggle being a student athlete in general, let alone one at Stanford, let alone one for a challenging major like MSNE. How has it, you know? I'm sure this season wasn't perfectly normal, but more or less normal. Uh, what is sports life like without having kind of those shackles of the academics? Obviously, you were very academically driven. We don't want to um, minimize that. But is it a little easier to focus on baseball? Is it like what what is that like to not have that almost separate job in addition to baseball uh, at the pros? Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Um, so I actually went back. So I got drafted my junior year, played a professional season in that summer, um, and then went back to Stanford to finish up my degree um, and just take classes. I mean, obviously, at that point, I was no longer on the on the baseball team. So I got a little bit of a taste of it then, where it was just I was a, 
um, you know, a normal student at Stanford without having to do both. Um, and then go transitioning into my first professional baseball season, it was kind of nice just to be able to focus just on baseball. Um, cause I felt like I could spend more time, you know, working on the things I needed to work on without having to worry about studying for midterms or watching lectures or whatever it may be. Um, but then again, there's, there's another part of it where school allowed me a way to get away from the game a little bit. Um, especially if, if I was struggling or spending too much time at the field, sometimes it's good to get away from the game, take your mind off of it, um, and then focus on things, uh, that aren't, you know, having to do with baseball. For sure. Uh, you know, and you're alluding it to it here a bit, but can you give us any insight into maybe something that was a little more challenging, um, about the pros as opposed to college, either it's something you expected, you anticipated and ended up being that challenging or something that, you know, you got into your season and you were like, Oh, wow. Wasn't expecting this. This is pretty tough. Uh, if there's anything you could, uh, touch on there, that'd be great. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, pro baseball is in a sense, it, it's grabbing the best players from college, the best players from high school, and the best players from uh, Latin countries, uh, such as like the Dominican, uh, Venezuela, Colombia, um, and, and putting them all together. Um, so I would just say the competition and the level of play was, was a lot higher um, than it was even at a, the Pac-12 school um, you know, in college. So that was definitely a big adjustment period uh, going from you know, being in college, playing Pac-12 baseball, the the step up was a lot bigger than I was anticipating, um, which led to some some definite ups and downs within my first season um, and some adjustment periods for sure. No, I mean that's, I mean that's, I mean you said some stuff there that I'm sure some people were aware of and and not so much, but uh, appreciate you shedding light on that. Um, as we near the end here, you obviously had a, had a great you know season with Greensboro. Um, you had a couple great moments. I want to focus on one in particular and one game. And I hope you know where I'm, I'm coming at. But it was a game where you both were on the mound and uh, ended the game at the plate. Um, it was your, I believe, August 6th game um, against the Hickory Crawdads. Um, just to let everybody know, Will both played as a pitcher in that game and uh, hit a walk-off grand slam. I think every kid grows up uh, wanting to do that. Well, I'm just curious, could you give us a little bit of insight about what that game was like for you, what was going through your head, and how you ended up on the mound and also at bat, uh, especially with now you saying you were more a positional player? Yeah, man, it was it was probably the craziest game I've ever been a part of. Um, and I say that because it was it started as an off day for me. So I wasn't even playing in the game um, until the 11th inning when it was, you know, tied, we're in extra innings um, and we didn't have any pitchers left. Um, and my coach pulls me aside and he goes, Hey, like when's the last time you pitched? And I go, well, I pitched in college. And he goes, can you, can you go in and pitch for us? We don't have anyone left. Uh, and I was like, yeah, come on. I can go in and pitch. <laughs> So he goes, all right, go, go get warm. Like you're going to have to go in. And so, and I, I haven't 
pitched off of a mound in like two and a half years at this point. So I'm like, I'm all, all, all hyped up and ready to go. And, you know, I get ready to come in the game and my coach pulls me aside again. He goes, Hey, like you haven't pitched in, in two and a half years. Be smart here. Like, don't get hurt. Um, like we can't have you throwing the ball hard and like putting your arm at risk. And so at that point I was like, all right, yeah, he's probably right. Um, so I was just up there literally throwing the ball like 65, 70 miles an hour, uh, lobbed it in there for the other team, um, and ended up giving up six runs in one inning, <laughs> which was definitely humbling. Um, even though I wasn't, you know, going full blow, but, um, and then just ended up, I think it was eighth in the order at that point. Um, so we're down six runs. We end up scoring three. Um, there's two outs and the guy in front of me walks to load the bases. And I'm just like, no way am I getting up to hit right now? Like no expectations. I was supposed to be on the bench this whole game. Um, I think I just went up there, you know, without a plan necessarily with a huge smile on my face, like whatever happens happens. Um, and got to two strikes, um, and then ended up hitting the ball over the fence in right field and just kind of went crazy. Like, cause it was, it's literally something you like tell a story about. Right. And I wasn't even supposed to be in that game. And then to have a moment like that after giving up six runs is, is it, it was crazy, man. And wow. Okay. That's, that's so funny that, so, so the last time you had pitched was, uh, was at Stanford in 2019. Right, right. Um, and then you had one other. Was it just the two walk offs this year? I, I saw two. You had one other one. Uh, there's a single. Did you have how many? How many walk offs did you have this year? Well, no, that was it. That was it. Just uh, the home run, and then I had a walk off single. I think a little bit later in the season. Um, but dude, that. I mean, you know, just to have one walk off, you feel fortunate. Um, just because it's like it's a moment you kind of dream of as a baseball player to to win the game for your team and have the team come out and mob you and throw water all over you. And, you know, it's, it's just a great time. Nah, that's great, man. Um, yeah, well, we're, we're nearing the end here. Um, last, last thing I want to ask is just, uh, how are you feeling? How's, you know, first, first full minor league season in the books. I know you just got back to Oregon. What's your mental state right now? You know, I'm, I'm sure a lot of pro players are, uh, could could relate to you, and it'd be great to hear. Just like, what is your mental state right now? How are you feeling, and what are your plans for the off season? Yeah, it's um, I'm happy to be home for sure. Um, after spending the last seven months on the East Coast, um, given that I'm a, a West Coast kid, um, but no, happy to be home. Uh, I don't plan on touching a bat for a little bit here. Definitely going to take some time off, kind of let the body uh, recover and relax. Um, and then it's, it's right back to it in a few weeks here, probably with, with swinging the bat and lifting and all that good stuff. Um, cause really season's not that far away. Usually we, we will report for spring training end of February, early March. So, um, it's time to start getting prepared for, for another, you know, minor league full season and, and continuing to work my way up towards the, the ultimate goal. Uh, yeah, you'll be, uh, hopefully it won't be too long before you'll still be in, in season, uh, in October. Um, but Will, it was, uh, first, just always great just catching up with you. I know, I know we've been texting a lot, um, and you were encouraging me in my, uh, my, uh, rec league softball game. So, uh, I, I know I always have, uh, 
you behind me on that. But, you know, it was great to just catch up and, you know, hear a little bit the life of, uh, of a pro baseball player. And, uh, you know, what a unique time to have started uh, your career. But, man, really appreciate it. I know everybody listening live uh, has enjoyed this and everybody who will be listening later. But thanks, Will. Really appreciate it, man. Absolutely, man. Uh, I appreciate you reaching out, inviting me on the podcast. And, uh, you know, I'm down in, in the Bay Area later this month. I'll, I'll definitely try to come see you. Perfect. We'll play some ping pong. Oh, sounds appreciate good. It. <laughs> Thanks. See you, man. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thanks.